Hello, friends and fellow craft beer drinkers. Welcome to Tap the Craft Podcast. My name is Denny Luce, and with me, as always, is the homebrew engineer himself, John Ream. How are you doing tonight, John? Yeah, I gotta say, daylight saving sucks as a parent with little children. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and cats, too. Sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, if you do hear noise in the background, it's just kids screaming because it's already past what they're used to in terms of normal bedtime. But, you know, we have to push it a little bit to reset the clock. So uh, I apologize if there's any, you know, cri- crippling screams um, going on at any point. Uh, no problem. No problem. Well, uh, we have a guest along with us, John. We have your buddy Wes over in the Pennsylvania area. Wes, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great well. Oh, excellent. Excellent. How is the weather in Pennsylvania? Is it as hot as it is over here on the West Coast? It was beautiful this weekend. We had uh, highs in the mid-60s yesterday and today. Uh, Sunny, it's been great. Excellent. Yeah, it's been 60s here in the Boise area, and I'm sure in your area too, John, right? It's been pretty warm. Today it was, yeah. Yeah. Because the sun actually showed up. Whoa. <laughs> in, su- in sunny Seattle. That's, it's, always That's right. sunny. it's always sunny in That's Seattle. exactly what they call it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hey, uh, let's just uh, make sure everyone that is new listening to the show understands what Tap the Craft is all about. And we are an educational podcast, and we're focused around celebrating everything craft beer and helping people along in their craft beer journey. And this is episode 60, and we were recording on Daylight Savings Time Sunday, November 6, 2016. And this week we will be discussing the Trappist Belgian Dark Strong Ale Guide style guidelines, as well as doing our tasting notes segment with the Chimay Blue Grand Reserve. So make sure you go out there and get that beer real quick. And of course, we have a check it out topic. Our buddy John here, he brought an article or a product to you guys. It will be great for the holiday season. So, you know, that will be happening at the end of the show. So make sure you stay all the way to the end. And, of course, we're going to have a lot of beer banter between the three of us. There should be a lot of good beer talk. But before we get into all that great talk, we got to wet our whistles with some good craft beer. So, Wes, why don't you start us off with what you're drinking tonight? I am drinking a local Philadelphia brewery, Yards, uh, Love Stout. Hmm. Yeah, I've had that. Started beer. with, it. yeah, it's it's quite tasty. It's one of um, they make some good stuff. Uh, their pale ale and then their stout are some of my favorites for mm-hmm. local stuff. Yeah, I think I remember either when you were on last time, you mentioned this one, or John mentioned it. So when I went to Virginia this last trip, which was now like several months ago, I guess it was in May. I think it was in May. I can't even remember. But uh, I made sure I picked up one of these stouts just so I could enjoy it, and I did enjoy it. It's a, nice, it's a good all-around American stout. Yeah, they, uh, it's a good one. They they distribute it yearly uh, or throughout the year. Uh, so it's, it's a little bit weird to have in the summer, but it's still uh, it's balanced enough that it can, uh, it can still be 
Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, go, go figure. The uh, Philly guy talks about a local beer that we've managed to all have. <laughs> it's, uh, hey, it's, that, that's... I, I could have gone worse. But... <laughs> oh, excellent. I, I started with uh, a winter warmer that I just had to pour down the drain. Oh. Uh, it wasn't, wasn't very good at all. Was it from Philadelphia? No, it was an import from the UK. I don't remember what it was, but it just cracked open. And it just did not go well. Okay. So. Okay. Did you log in on Untapped? I did not. No. <laughs> Are you even on Untapped anymore? I don't even yeah. see you on there. Yeah. Hey, I've been logging the last couple of days. All right. Yeah. Okay. In preparation for the show, he he went and got a bunch of beers. <laughs> oh, oh, excellent. All right, John. How about you? What do you got in your glass? I got some homebrew tonight. Oh. Um. So I made a a honey blondale. Uh, about a month ago now that I'm really enjoying. Um, it's only like four and a half percent goes down real easy. Uh, and so I've actually had a couple pints of that this afternoon. Um, so yeah, it's a nice little honey, honey aroma, some biscuit cracker with a little bit of toast kind of in the, in the flavor. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, that's what I got. Sounds good. Sounds good. How about you? Well, I am also like, you know, like Wes was trying to do, I'm getting into the winter season. Now, it's hard to get into the winter season when it's 65 degrees out, and it's going to be up to almost 70 degrees on Tuesday here in the Boise area. That's crazy for November. I don't know what's going on. It's Indian summer, or Indian, what do they call this thing? It's Indian summer, but what's a hot winter? Is that El Nino? Oh, we're not really into winter yet. It's still fall. It's still fall, but my gosh, 70, almost 70 degrees in November is crazy, but... I'm trying to bring in winter by drinking more winter warmers. I love them. I love them all. And I'm drinking one of my favorites from Full Cell Brewing. It's the Wassell. And just like always, this year's batch is fantastic. And I just can't drink enough of it. In fact, I almost drank an entire six-pack between yesterday and today. And at 7.2% alcohol, yeah, you get to feel pretty good after drinking a few of these. And uh, nothing better than drinking a 7.2 just before we drink a 9% beer for our tasting. So prepare for some, maybe some wacky podcasting tonight as as we get looped. But, nice. Yeah, I just saw that for the first time today. But I was I'm under strict uh, no holiday beer purchasing um, in the event that a, an advent calendar calendar comes my way. Uh, like the last ah, couple of years. Okay. So okay. I, I was warned before I, I went to the beer store not to buy anything that was seasonal. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, no problem. No, I'll, I'll, I'll be drinking it. I was going to pick up some more Jubilee, but I saw Wassail was out and Burr hasn't come out and at least not in my area. I don't, I haven't seen Burr yet. So I had no, to go either. Yeah. Wassail and then Burr. And then I'm going to be set. I'll be able to rotate between those three and, and have a great winner. Nice. Yeah, my daily drinkers. <laughs> uh, all right, John. So uh, you mentioned some rough adapting to daylight savings time with the kids, but how did Halloween go? Did you guys have any fun trick-or-treating or doing some – maybe you went uh, trick-or-beering on Halloween or something. Anything fun? Oh, trick-or-beering. That should be a thing. We should work on that. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, uh, we. It, it was – pouring down rain here on Halloween for trick-or-treating, of course. Uh, but we did get the kids out to a few houses. Um, 
dressed up as the man in the yellow hat and Curious George. Oh, uh, nice. Which they, they enjoyed. Um, and then we got to pick through their candy after they went to bed. So it was nice. Um, yeah, we've mostly been mixing around, you know, carving pumpkins and having some beer and going trick-or-treating then having some beer. Um, so we've just been trying to pair stuff with our activities as we go. Pulled some stuff from the cellar. Um, had some other nice big uh, stouts and, and such uh, kind of fill the mood uh, with, with the cool, damp weather that we were having for the mm-hmm. holiday. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I, I hear about that cellar because when I talk about my new and noteworthy beers, I've got two. No, I have one cellar beer I'm going to talk about, but I've been drinking some of my cellar beers too. So, uh, yeah, good. Looking looking forward to, to emptying out my my uh my cellared beer this winter i a lot of them are big beers that uh, is great during the the colder days it's not quite that cold yet so. all right well if you need any help just let me know okay yeah you're always welcome just come on by it's just a you know just an easy trek down the road to boise so down yeah. and, and while you come <laughs> you can pick up josh and and matt in in uh, uh on the way they're on the way here the yeah, Laney, the Laney brothers, they, they, <laughs> they keep saying they're going to come visit and drink some beer. So I'm, I'm waiting for it. So, all right. I didn't do anything fun. It was pretty much all work and I drank a little bit, but no real big activities that I can, you know, really uh, talk about. But Wes, by any chance, did you do some fun, you know, Halloween stuff or, or drinking stuff or anything, you know, you, you want to talk about since I, I don't have anything to talk about? I, I lived a very depressing Monday evening uh, with uh, any moom, any uh, noise outside running to the front door, hopeful for trick-or-treaters, and was let down. <laughs> so we got, we're, we're at the new house and uh, had no idea what to expect. And so uh, my wife bought like three bags of candy, and nobody came. Oh, my <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, so next I, year you're not going to buy anything, and then you're going to have exactly, a ton of people show up. <laughs> <laughs> so I uh, I ate my stars away and uh, peanut butter M and M's. Okay. So. Okay. Yeah, it it seems like trick or treating, at least around the neighborhoods, has really thinned out. And I think a lot of parents are taking their kids to a lot of the trunk or treat type activities. And the malls and stuff instead of going house to house because, yeah, we didn't have any trick or treaters either. It was, most of the street, you know, most of the houses were were really you know, either had lights off or and just not any activity with kids walking around. So yeah, it must be, I don't know, it's just weird, especially with being such great weather here. Uh, you would think there'd be more people out, you know, begging for candy. Oh well. Yeah, we only had two groups come, but I just think. It seems that you don't know your neighbors as as well these days as you used to. Yeah, you know, people tend to keep to themselves and all that. So, yeah, yeah. Pretty soon they'll just be having you know have, there'll be a, a phone app and you'll just uh, you know go and and dial in uh, all all your neighbors and and they'll just have your candy delivered to your house instead of <laughs> going and yeah, <laughs> trick or drone. <laughs> yeah. All right then, Wes. Well, since you you kind of got uh, bummered out on the Halloween, how about some great beers to share? You have anything noteworthy you'd like to share with with, our, with John and I and our listeners? Uh, so I've been, as John mentioned, I, I hit up the beer store. Uh, 
on my way home on Friday, and so I got to uh, have some uh, some new stuff and some uh, some old uh, traditional uh, stuff that I've known. Uh, so Bell's Expedition Stout uh, rounded out my evening last night, and that was uh, that's a very tasty uh, Russian Imperial. Uh, mm. I really enjoyed that. Um, but after having an attempt at a, a label catcher at the beer store, uh, beer called Brains. Uh, it's a pumpkin ale for zombies. Is what they they advertise it as, and it was it was okay from a uh, like a, a brown ale standpoint, uh, but it had no pumpkin and it had a weird off flavor in it. So I. I I need to start standing there and researching beers when I'm in the beer store rather than just buying <laughs> labels that look interesting. So, and then uh, discovered a uh, cider company that's in Boston, uh, down east. Is uh, they? I don't know what they do. I haven't researched in too much, but just, we just found it uh, Friday, and they're. Their ciders are, are awesome. I'm going to have to uh, ship some out to you, Danny, for your wife. Okay. Um, yeah. It's, they, they seem to be, I would equate it to like full pulp orange juice because um, mm. it's, it's thick um, and I'm going to say juicy. Um, okay. <laughs> in the reference that you guys both hate uh, <laughs> uh, context, but uh, it was, it had a great, we, uh, we cracked into the pumpkin blend. And it was is great um, apple juice character with a little bit of um, some pumpkin spice in there, and it, they they did a good job. And so I'm excited to try several of their other offerings. They have about four regulars and then a couple seasonal rotating. Um, so we're going to start picking those up regularly. Excellent. Yeah, it seems like cideries are popping up everywhere, and now. Mm-hmm. You're getting a lot of good craft cider that you can try, and I, I'm like, I mentioned before, we have Merryweather cider here in town. It is incredible. It's just like I, I'm sure Wes, you you may have tried the Seattle cider over at the Two Beers, yeah. and if if you enjoy that, then this Merryweather is like identical. It's such cool. okay. great cider. So Wes, come on out to I'm Boise. Awesome. Come out to Boise and drink cider with us. All right. Uh, I've also. Uh, we started finding some stuff that is um, like citra hop and mm-hmm. uh, ciders, and they. It. Uh, I was surprised. You, you don't really get much of the the hop bitterness, but you get the uh, the aromatics, yeah. and it just complements the the cider so well. Uh, so we've been. Kristen likes uh, some dry ciders that are on the dry side, and that really uh, some of the hop uh, adjunct ciders have been pretty tasty yeah oh yeah my, my wife also likes the hopped up ciders and again it's because it gives you the like you said it gives you the flavors of the the like the aromatic hop flavors but not the bitterness it just you know it's just like an enhancement and uh, yeah they're, they're pretty good pretty good excellent so that, that that's a pretty good uh i mean you had a a, a well-rounded noteworthy uh, beer section there. You had the 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 imperial stout, the brown ale with brains, and then a cider. That's pretty. That's pretty good. Yeah, I just need to toss an IPA in there and be all. Yeah. 
<laughs> All right. So, John, how about yeah, yeah. So, so John, how about you? What uh, what new and noteworthy beers you have for us this week? All right. So, uh, I'll start off with something that uh, was generously put in my fridge by you, Danny. All right. Uh, and that's the Sakai Brewing Huggy Bear. Oh yeah, uh, dark sour, um, which was. Very tart, mm-hmm. uh, definitely not a like intro to sour no. type of sour, <laughs> um, but had some great like cherry and kind of dark fruit notes um, coming through. I got a lot of cherry in the nose um, for that that beer. It, it was very very nice. I was a little worried with how uh, strong the tartness was at the start that mm-hmm. it was just going to become more aggressive as it warmed up. But it wasn't really the case and. Uh, it at least stayed the same. Maybe my tongue was just becoming numb to it or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, the initial shock. But I, yeah. I really enjoyed that beer all the way, all the way through. Um, you know, I was a little worried at the front that this, it was going to become almost undrinkable as it, uh, warmed up a bit, but, uh, it really opened up nicely. Um, so thank you for, for sharing that. That was a very nice treat. Well, you're welcome. And, and I was very pleased to see that Sockeye Brewing is going to be offering a sour rotational, uh, you know, season all, I guess I, I, I believe it's going to be all year round. They'll have a different seasonal sour, which so far I've been really impressed with the sours they've done. And, and if this is what they're going to be offering, this is a sign of, of the quality, then I'm really looking forward to it because I agree, John. This beer was fantastic. I, it was a very tart, not for the weak of uh, palate for sure, but it had, uh, it had some nice flavor. that was, I mean, it, it kind of blended well with the flavors and the tartness, and uh, I really enjoyed it. I, even as it warmed up, it, it still, you know, it, it tasted, I think it might have even tasted better as it warmed. As it was colder, you know, it tends to numb your tongue. So maybe that helps your your taste buds not get too... I mean, imagine if you drank it warm right off the bat. Maybe your taste buds would just go hyperactive and, I mean, put you into a coma or something. I don't know. It would be crazy. But, uh, yeah, it's pretty good. So I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, it was really nice. And hopefully uh, if they keep pushing the... Um you know, seasonal sour program, they'll start to make their way here too with some of their other stuff. Oh yeah. That'd be nice. Um, all right. So I'll, I'll bring an IPA to the table since, uh, Wes wasn't man enough to, um, and that's, uh, the Lewitt, uh, super ninja triple IPA. Super ninja. Yeah. So I, I initially, uh, picked this beer up, um, because it has a unique cap for a Washington brewery. Um, and <laughs> for your, you know, we've talked your map. away in the past that I'm trying to fill out this map, <laughs> um, which there just aren't that many breweries that have their own caps. You know, they mm-hmm. just have standard black ones or, you know, some just plain color. Uh, and then I get it home and go to put the cap in the map and realize I already bought one. I just didn't add it to the list of caps that I had. So I, uh, didn't, didn't need it, but turns out the beer inside the bottle was pretty good. Um, <laughs> So that was really nice. Uh, but uh, split this uh, with Kristen, um, and we both really enjoyed uh, this beer for, for a nightcap. And uh, it started out uh, like really, um, really piney, uh, which it was kind of weird. You know, we, we get a lot more of the tropical citrus in the, 
um, IPAs now, you know, kind of across the board, mm-hmm. just because a lot of the newer hops feature that kind of flavor and aroma. Um, and this was the second or third IPA in a row that we had picked up that featured pine as a, as a character. So it was, it was just this really odd thing where we were on this kind of roll with these piney IPAs. Um, but yeah, this thing started off piney and then as it warmed up and kind of opened up, it kind of finished resiny and a little dank, um, towards the end. Um, but a very nice beer, uh, and uh, if you, if you just want ninja beers, their normal IPA is also called uh, Shadow Ninja. Oh, so you know if you're just really into ninjas, I am. Uh, Lou Wit is a good <laughs> good brewery to to go follow. So is is that where one that's? Oh, go ahead, Wes. Sorry, where where are they out of, John? Uh, they're in Vancouver, Washington. So just just north of Portland, over over the border. Actually, got to hear from one of the founders of that when I was at the. Uh, Pacific Homebrewers Conference, Pacific Northwest Homebrewers Conference. So uh, they're real open and they're down there and doing some good stuff. So uh, definitely a brewery to check out if you're in the area. And they're they're getting a lot more distribution up here too. So they're starting to spread out a bit. So that's nice. All right. And then uh, my last one uh, is a beer that actually surprised me. I was at at the grocery and I I always check out, you know, the six packs and and bomber section just to see if it's anything I haven't had before. And at this point, most of the normal stuff that gets to the grocery store I've I've had before. Um, And I saw this beer from Deschutes, their big rig. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think they call it a pub ale on the, on the label. Um, And this is just a really, really solid ESB. Um, and the price is right. You know, it's not an expensive bomber. Um, it goes down real easy. Uh, just a really good beer. And I, you know, I wasn't sure what to expect of it because uh, pub ale can go in a lot of different directions just depending on what they're feeling like. And there's no description on the bomber or anything <laughs> like that. Um, but I, I was very surprised and uh, it, it was very nice. So if you can pick it up, it's real cheap and um, very solid beer. So I'd recommend that, the Deschutes Big Rig. Yep, I agree with you, John. I've had it, and I loved it, and I think it's, uh, as far as a, quote, pub beer, uh, yeah, this is one you could drink at the pub all the time, and it, I, I really enjoyed it myself. I loved the, the malt character it had, and just it went down really, really easy, and uh, yeah, so I'm glad yeah. that you enjoyed it too. Yeah, I did. Uh, so how about you, Danny? What are your noteworthy beers? Okay. I am going to provide a, just, you know, just like Wes did, a wide variety of beers here. I have three beers I'm going to showcase. And the first one is for you, Wes. And I don't know if you can get Grand Teton Brewing in Philadelphia. But if you can, this is a beer that I think you would enjoy. It's the Grand Teton's Wake Up Call Coffee Imperial Porter. And uh, can you get Grand Teton in Pennsylvania? Unfortunately, I cannot. Okay. I, uh, I think you should, should ship me some. <laughs> you know what? I should sh- ship you this beer because this beer is fantastic. It really is. It's got a great coffee flavor and aroma and a very, really nice Imperial Porter. Not too heavy like a stout, but just a, a porter with some extra kick into it and a nice, uh, a little bit of bitterness from the from the coffee, but not too bitter, uh, done really well. I really, really enjoyed this beer. And, John, I know that you're able to get some of these special reserve 
beers in in your area. By any chance, have you seen this one on the shelves? No, I have not, but I will definitely be looking for it. Okay. So. So yeah. You said this is a normal stout. It's not a, uh, it's not a imperial. It, it's an imperial porter. Oh, it is imperial porter. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like a stout, but it's. I think it's a little bit. It's a little bit thinner, like a porter would be. It's not as as uh, heavy bodied as a the stout or or mouthfeel is not as heavy or viscous as a stout. So it's it, it kind of comes across a little thinner, but uh, but still has good. Uh, flavor, you know, good ro- roasted malt and and good coffee flavor in there. It's, uh, I think it's like seven percent or so. It's not not super high. I think it's like seven percent, maybe six and a half. I can't remember exactly, but but it's good. It's good. All right, the next the next beer is uh, from Deschutes Brewery, and it is one of my cellar beers. I I drank two cellar beers this week, and this is the one that uh, I I rated uh, very high. It's from 2014, and it's the Dissident, and I love the Dissident beers. Don't haven't come out every year. Sometimes, if they can't get a good batch, if the if they uh, if if they if the batch isn't quite ready to blend and and give a bottle it for consumption, then they'll they'll not release a you know the beer that year. So I think. 2014, they released it, but I don't know if they released one until... Oh, they might have done one in 2015, too. But before that, I think it was 2012 or 11 was the last one they released. I, mean, I think it was 12. I had the 12. And then it was 14. Well, I've got two bottles of this, and I drank the first bottle, and uh, it's super good. Oh, the style is a Flanders Old Bruin, like a Flanders Red. It's a sour beer. And oh Flanders my, Brown or Brown, that yeah, yeah, Brown. Sorry, Brown. Yeah, Flanders Brown. But uh, it's fantastic. It ages really well. It is. Uh, it's not super sour, but it's got a lot of acidity to it. That I mean, literally, I after I drank this twenty-two ounce, well, actually some, no, twenty-two ounce bottle. Yeah, it's twenty-two ounce. Mm-hmm. Uh, it definitely. Um, I could I could feel that I had uh, you know kind of a sour stomach afterwards. It's a lot of acid in there that kind of just sits in your stomach. I that night when I was sleeping, I kind of uh, you know was burping up some you know some acid type burps. So I recommend if on my next one or if you guys have this beer cellared, to go ahead and make sure you you put something good in your stomach to kind of neutralize that that acid a, a bit. It can be a little bit heavy. I understand why you guys like these kids. Yeah. <laughs> Or share the love, you know. Yeah. Get get some friends together. Try yeah. it out. Yeah, it's that, yeah. And I've been waiting for people to come over to break these open, but nobody wants to drink when they come over. They just don't want to. You know, it's it's a big beer. It's ten percent ABV, I believe. You know, they're ten or eleven percent. They're big beers, and most of my friends don't want to drink them. You know, when they come over, especially a sour one. So. I'm stuck to drinking myself. The other beer I had that I, I didn't wasn't going to mention was the Abyss 2014. I have two bottles of that left. I had a bottle when it was fresh, and now I have one that's two years old, and I have another one that's two years old. So I'll probably drink the second one in Christmas time. Be a nice Christmas beer. Uh, it. Uh, I'll tell you that I think I like the Abyss better when it's fresh than as it ages, and I don't know if the shoots. I'm assuming they pasteurize their beer, and maybe that's why I don't really uh, get any kind of uh, in better characteristics from it 
as it ages, it just seems to go kind of, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't pick up anything more. It just kind of is just there. Um, but it was still good, but it just wasn't as good as I was hoping it was going to be. So I'm not going to age it any longer. I'm going to drink the next one at Christmas time. Nice. Yeah, I, I know I have one of the Dissident. I think it's a 2014 in the cellar, and I might have an Abyss as well, but I okay. can't recall on that one. So I yeah. might have to break into that, that Dissident soon. Yeah, yeah, the Dissident's good, and, and that one does age pretty well. I think if you drink that one fresh, it's way more acidic and sour than it is as it mellows out. So it, it does mellow a little bit in age, and it held up really, really well. Uh, in fact, I was really impressed. I, you know, I gave that Grand Teton a five cap rating. I gave this Dissident a five cap rating uh, from my cellar. So I mean, those are good, good beers. And the last one I want to talk about, I'm going all the way on the other side of the scale, going to Pale L. And this is Lagunitas Born Yesterday Pale L. This is their fresh hopped or wet hopped or whatever you want to call it uh, beer for this this season, 2016. Got a lot of different hops in it. I mean, they use a lot of hops. The f- hop flavors, it had all kinds of flavors that I, it was so many different flavors coming out in this beer, I couldn't even tell you what they were all, what they all were because there's so many. A fantastic job. I, one of my favorite fresh hop beers of the season, I think, was this one. It really surprised me that they can produce in such a mass quantity such a great beer. John, have you had the Born yesterday, uh, this year? Uh, I actually just picked it up today, so I'll have it in the next day or two. Okay. Uh, probably. Okay, good. I'm I'm really uh, curious to see how you what you think of this one and how it rates to the other fresh hop beers because we've had some really good fresh hop. I especially I know I have. I've had a lot of good fresh hop beers this year, and this one just snuck up on me and totally surprised me. I I wasn't thinking that it was you know that this one was going to beat you know or match what I had from Fremont. Like I love that Citra from Free Hunt, Fremont was really good. I love the Simcoe. Oh, that was too. amazing. Yeah. yeah, the Simcoe was really good too. I really enjoyed the Simcoe and the Citra. Both those were incredible. This one's right up there with them. Just really, really super good. Yeah, it's, it's a good observation. This year has been very good for the fresh hop beers. Um, and a couple years past, I mean, I I was kind of avoiding them a little bit because mm-hmm. I'd gotten some that were just really vegetal and grassy and just not really executed that well. Mm-hmm. Um, but this year's definitely got me back on the like fresh hop train, you know, that just some absolutely phenomenal beers. Yeah. So. Yeah. Me too. Me too. I, it, it, I mean, it, if it keeps going the way it's going, it might become my favorite season. It might overcome winter warmer season. That's, Ooh, that's a lot. That's bold, bold talk. <laughs> that is bold talk. <laughs> All right, John. You know, oh, go ahead, Wes. Has it been, you know, has it been a good season for uh, for hops this year? Is that why they're producing uh, some pretty quality, good quality beers? I don't know the answer to that. Um, I think I haven't it's... actually heard of many reports from the fields, which probably means it's not going poorly. So, yeah, yeah. I I don't think it's going poorly, but I think the hop production is less this year or, or had some troubles there's been some some problems with fires we had a fire that took out a lot of a uh, whole hop farm here in the local area one of the bigger ones last year uh, their facility their barn caught on fire and took out all their equipment so that you know all those all that uh, production was lost here in in the Ontario um, uh, Parma area 
where we we have a lot of hop production. And I know that there were some other issues that came up with other hop farms too. So I know there's been a little bit of a dip. Um, but yeah, it seems to me that as far as the quality of the hops, for sure, uh, uh, you know, a lot of quality and a lot of ability for these breweries to get fresh, you know, fresh hop offerings right when the, they get cut. So maybe it's actually a, a, a good season. Maybe that's a sign of a good season if they're able to give out all these fresh hop uh, to these breweries. Yeah, we'll see. All right, John, how about an untapped update? I think you might have uh, made some ground this week. I, I drank quite a bit, but I kind of cut back in the last few days. So how are we doing on the untapped challenge? Uh, yeah, so last week was... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you were probably disappointed last week. Was, it was just really boring. You know, no no change. Um, You're gone either way. Yeah, so I mean, this this time we were actually basically going beer for beer, um, and we're lining up for another even uh, couple weeks. But I, I pulled away right at the end over the last couple of days, and I picked up three beers. Okay. So I'm only back 27 now. Okay, okay. Hey, well, I'm I'm making it difficult for you, so I'm not not giving in. No, yeah, I've only got two months, but. Uh, you know, since I, I started uh, 126 behind, um, I've almost made up. Well, I made up 99 beers so far. Not, not bad. <laughs> Good job. Good job. Team John. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Hashtag Team John. <laughs> okay. Well, we did have a little bit of feedback from our community, and I'm going to start off with Aaron. Now, Aaron is at, and we called. We said it was a riot. PDX, but I don't know. Not, I'm looking at his thing. It says Ariat OPDX? Arato? I don't know. Maybe his last name is Riato. <laughs> I didn't ask that question. But from Aaron off of uh, Twitter, he thanked us for the Miami Valley Craft Beer Social Club shout-out, and he explained that the PDX in his name is because he is a recent transplant from Portland to Dayton, Ohio. And the Miami Valley is mostly the Dayton area, kind of like the Willamette Valley in Oregon. And he asked, did he miss anything? The only thing was uh, the Arato or a riot O. Well, we forgot to ask about that. So, so Aaron, feel free to correct us in the pronunciation of your Twitter name, or we can just call you Aaron. Uh, that works out <laughs> fine. And he also says that he loves the show. Thank you, Aaron. Uh, we love hearing back from you, and I hope your craft beer social club goes well. And and John, you were you were close. Um, you were I was close. close. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But now we know that. And he actually sent a map that uh, kind of listed out the four uh, counties, I guess, or areas that make up the the Miami Valley area there in Ohio. So. Uh, now I'm educated. I won't make that mistake. And John's educated too. So now he knows. Yeah, but I'll probably make that mistake again. Okay. Uh, short memory. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then also uh, Jason Lacey, our buddy over from Flux Opposed and Battle of Beer at JW Lacey. Uh, he wrote to us, time to snag some holiday cheer. Thanks for the reminder, Danny, for the Jubilee. Yes. Uh, so people are getting excited. You, you're getting them all <laughs> frothy at the mouth, just wanting to get out there and 
get their holiday ales. I'm just glad that there's more people out there that also love these winter warmers like I do. So thank you, Jason, for reaffirming that I'm not crazy. At least a little. I'm not crazy. <laughs> yeah. Let's be careful how far we go with that. Um, <laughs> and, and then uh, finally, uh, Tim Price at Tim Price 75 on Twitter uh, posted a link to the Catalyst fermentation system, their Kickstarter. Um, and he asked us, a great beer system or just another beer gadget? A buddy of his uh, got one, and Tim might have a chance to go brew uh, with it soon and uh, hope, hopefully report back in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've been seeing some good stuff for this thing. Uh, it's basically like a, a countertop plastic kind of conical type thing that mm-hmm. you can attach different things to the bottom to like collect yeast or get rid of the trube and mm-hmm. things real, real easily. Um, and it's not really expensive. Um, I, I not, I can't remember the price offhand, but, uh, uh, yeah, it looks really interesting. And so far people seem to be liking it on the, the ones that are out in the wild. Uh, I think it's for five gallon batches. Um, but yeah, I'm curious to hear if he gets a chance to, to go use it. Yeah. I, I had never heard of it until he sent the link and I looked at the Kickstarter and I saw the videos and stuff and I was like, yeah, it looks like it could be helpful, especially if you wanted to, I mean, it kind of were highlighting the fact that you can, you can save your yeast, right? It, it all collects yeah. at the bottom you got a big valve you fill up the mason jar with with your yeast and now you, you've got that yeast out of there so that makes it nice so you have a nice clean beer that you're bottling and you can actually bottle you can do you can do multiple steps in one you know basically you just boil up your beer pour it into this thing and then that's all you need to you don't have to need to move it again you can do all the rest of the steps from a nice uh conical kind of fermenter uh, and you know you can bottle from it, and yeah, it looked, it looked pretty interesting. Yeah, excellent. Well, thank you, Tim, for bringing that to our attention. And please do uh, let us know if you do get a chance to brew with it. The, the pros, the cons, whether it's something that you think is worthy of a home brewer to invest in. And if you want, feel free to to send us an audio clip of your review, or you can just write it, and we'll just talk about it. But hey, you know we're open to you know to either way. All right, we did have a listener, well, it's not really a listener question. It was kind of a listener conversation uh, between, uh, it was mainly between John and our buddy Robert at Ch- Chew Your Beer on Twitter. And uh, he was writing back about a buddy of his who found some beer, some homebrew from his father. His father homebrewed and stored it under the house in 1967. This beer was just uncovered. And now he was asking John, hey, is it safe to drink? What do I look for? Uh, it, you know, if, if I open it up and, it, you know, I don't want to get, you know, I don't want to die. And uh, John gave some advice. And I think Robert is going to actually go over to his buddies and try this, f- f- whatever, 50-year-old, almost 50-year-old beer. Yeah, just shy. Yeah. <laughs> what, what do you think, John? Is this something that you would do? Would you actually drink a beer a homebrew beer that fat, you know, a homebrew beer that was fifty years old. Uh, I would smell it first and look <laughs> at it first. Um, you know, I, I like I told Robert, uh, yeah, you'll probably be fine to drink it, but it's probably there's a good chance it's not going to be a, a pleasurable experience. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, 
I wouldn't say no without you know having it in front of me. So okay. did did he say what I, style? I you wouldn't have you wouldn't try it or would you? I uh, know I well so I no I definitely try it. Uh, but I will add that make sure you open it over outside or over a sink uh, in the event that it has uh, carbonated further. Yeah, yeah. In case there's been an infection or something, and it's going to gush on you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Good advice. Good advice. Did Did Robert say what style of beer it was? Was it a stout or? Uh, no, I don't think he did. Uh, I'm not sure they they know. I'm curious. I, I hope he gets a chance to try it and can, you know, get back to us on it. Okay. Okay. Well, if you want to be like all of our other great listeners and provide feedback or questions to the show, you can do that. You can send your comments or questions through email at tapthecraft at gmail.com or on Twitter. Just tweet us at tapthecraft. And, of course, please feel free to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash tapthecraft and leave your comments, questions, articles on our wall, whatever you want. Uh, feel free to to leave it and we will interact with you lots of good stuff on our facebook page so yeah join join the conversation and now we just want to take the moment to thank open forum radio network for supporting the show and providing the hosting space at openforumradio.com and if you enjoy the content that john and i put out then we believe that you will find more great content content to enjoy from some of the other great shows like the following hey you thank you so much for listening to tap the craft with denny and john now, I know you're a crafty consumer, and if you would like to consume other great podcasts, check out OpenFormRadio.com. We house such podcasts as Opaform Radio Proper, The 40Cast, Geeks for the Win, I Recommend, Just Press Start, The Married Gamers, Gamer Husbands Radio, The OMG Hour, Gamers Unscripted, Lost Treasures of Gaming, Primetime, My Peanut Gallery, and many, many more. And please, remember to leave these fine fellas a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this show. Again, thank you so much for listening to Tap the Craft. All right. Well, thank you, Larry, for providing us with that awesome open forum radio network list of shows. And now it's time for the Brew Buzz segment. And the Brew Buzz is, of course, devoted to discussing all kinds of various beer-related topics. And this week, we are going to discuss the Trappist Belgian Dark Strong Ale style guidelines. And this is part of, again, we're going to, I didn't write this down, John, so I'm going to probably screw it up. This is, uh, we're going to use the 2015 BJCP, the Beer Judging Competition Program. Nope. So close. At least you got the acronym right this time. Oh, my God. Beer Judge Certification Program. Isn't that what I said? Close. It's a competition. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Yeah, so... What John said, we're going to use their style guidelines, and this category is in the Trappist L category. And what the heck is a Trappist L? Well, let's tell you what it is. Uh, Trappist is a protected legal appellation, and it cannot be used commercially except by genuine Trappist monasteries that brew their own beer. So there you go. That's what Trappist L's are. However, we can use it to describe the type or styles of beer produced by those breweries and those who make beers of similar style. So you can always say it's a Trappist, I don't know, Trappist style or Abbey style, I guess is what they normally would would use. Uh, The Trappist beer styles are all characterized by very high attenuation, uh, high carbonation through the bottle conditioning, and interesting yeast characters. 
So there you go. That's what Trappist sales. And there's a we've already kind of talked about Trappist sales in our Belgian um, beer styles uh, shows, yep. right? Ep- episode twenty five. Twenty five. Thank you, John. Twenty five, and, and I think maybe twenty seven too, right? Did we we did two parts? Uh, yeah, the, part two, which is where we did Trappist sales, was uh, 25? episode twenty five. Okay, excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Thank you. So if you want to hear more about all the different styles of Trappist Ales, then you can you can check out episode 25 for a recap. In fact, uh, I think the two Belgian style shows are two of our most popular downloads. So people love to hear about Belgian Ales. So there you go. That's a little, little bit of trivia for you guys out there. All right, so we are going to focus on the Belgian Dark Strong Ale, just one of the Trappist-style ales. And the overall impression of this uh, Belgian Dark Strong Ale is it's a dark, complex, and very strong Belgian ale with a delicious blend of malt richness, some dark fruit flavors, and, of course, the spicy elements that you get from the yeast. And it's a complex, rich, smooth, and dangerous. Yes, Dangerous. Why is it dangerous, John? Uh, because that high attenuation that you mentioned before yes. means it's very dry, and uh, high attenuation means high alcohol um, when you get that original gravity up there. So uh, dry beers tend to go down pretty easy because uh, they don't leave that cloying sweetness on your tongue. Yeah. So yeah. excellent. So be careful. These are dangerous beers. So, John, what can a person expect from the aroma of a Belgian dark strong ale? Uh, so, like you uh, said a couple times, the overall impression complex, uh, and that's going to be something you'll see throughout uh, this beer style. Um, but yeah, complex with a, a rich, sweet, multi presence, uh, significant esters, uh, and alcohol from the yeast. Um, and optional uh, light to moderate spiciness, uh, which would all come from that yeast, depending on the on the strain. Uh, the malt is going to be rich and strong. I can have deep, ready, toasty quality, uh, often deep uh, caramel complexity. Uh, the fruity esters are strong to moderately low, so whatever you're feeling as a brewer. <laughs> uh, can contain uh Raisin, plum, dried cherry, figure prune, you know, the dark stone fruit type, type things um, that you commonly associate with some of these beers. Um, spicy phenols uh, may be present, but usually have a peppery quality, uh, not clove. Uh, light vanilla is possible. Uh, alcohol, soft, spicy, perfumey, and or rose-like, and low to moderate in intensity. So here it's basically saying the alcohol should not come across like, uh, you know, nail polish remover. Yeah. That that's uh, a very bad quality. And um, when I, when the alcohol present in, in the beer was taken care of well, it actually can come across kind of sweet. Okay. Um, and and that's kind of what they're describing here. Okay. Yeah. So the rose rose like is kind of an odd descriptor to use for alcohol, but it's saying that you're going to get kind of like maybe. Sp- yeah, something lighter and florally. Maybe I don't know. It's kind of weird. I, yeah, rose-like is a weird descriptor for alcohol. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I it, it just it shouldn't be really sharp and like burning in the nose. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think is kind of what it, it's trying to portray in a in a very wordy way. Okay. Um, uh, hops uh, not usually present, uh, but could be very low and spicy, floral, 
um, herbal and earthy uh, hops. Um, no dark roast uh, malt aroma um, and no hot alcohols or solventy. That's what I was saying they were going away from in that yeah. alcohol description. Yeah. So, uh, so Wes, let's put you to work. How about the uh, appearance? All right. So it should be a deep amber to deep coppery brown in color. Uh, dark in this context implies more deeply colored than golden. <laughs> that is very descriptive. Uh, <laughs> it should be a huge, dense, moussey, persistent cream to light tan colored head. Okay. Uh, and then can be clear to somewhat hazy. All right. So uh, pretty pretty wide, pretty wide category here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it it does seem it does seem odd that I would never expect and again it doesn't it says not golden but whenever you think of a dark you know a dark ale right you always think of you know being brown or you know at least brown right or you know mahogany or or to black but yeah I, I love how it says deep amber uh, more deeply than Golden, so it's not going to be golden. That would be a golden strong ale, I would think, right? It wouldn't fall in this category. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think with the deep amber, they're they're pushing you into that uh, red, uh, you know, light light copper reddish yeah. type uh, hue there. Okay. Um, but it is an odd way to word it. It is, yeah, so. it is, it is, uh, it is odd. It's, I, I think Wes is right. It's a little bit wordy, or I, I guess you were right on the other thing. This was wordy too. It's a lot of words that leave it kind of more wide open than than kind of narrowing it down just to saying yeah it should be it should be uh you know copper it should just say deep coppery brown to you know to dark i think i think the the amber throws things off but that, i'm not the expert that's what these guys Okay, well, you know, let's talk about the flavor. You know, John did a really good job of explaining the vast amount of aroma and as usual, we'll tend to get a lot of the same uh, stuff we get in the in the aroma into the flavor. And uh, so similarly, aroma, the same malt, ester, phenol, alcohol, and hop comments apply to the flavor as well. So this is mar- moderately rich, malty on the palate, which can have a sweet impression if bitterness is low. Okay. Usually, it's a moderately dry to a dry finish, although you may be... It, you know, it may be up to a moderately sweet. Um, okay. See, we, we pushed that into the envelope with our loose cannon. So. Yeah, we went. We, we definitely went to the moderately <laughs> sweet side. Uh, Maybe a little more than moderately. <laughs> <laughs> you, guys, you guys were this dark with it, though? I didn't think it, I thought it was uh, a bit more golden No. No. No, ours it's is dark. dark. Yeah. Okay. Did All you right. Did you get a bottle, Wes? I did not know. What, John? You did not give Wes a bottle? Oh my god! I'm sure we tried it while you were here. I I probably did. Um, yeah, it's been so many beers since then. <laughs> um, I'm gonna give myself the benefit of the doubt and say he tried it here. Okay. okay. <laughs> I just thought it, I thought I remember it being goldeny. All right. Never that, mind then. that was Can probably you? the golden Drake. All right. <laughs> yeah. Actually. I, Actually, uh, no, it's it's brown. But I have I still have a couple bottles that I'm I'm cellaring that John gave me on my trip before last. So maybe I can maybe I can part with one uh, to send your way, Wes. Since 
<laughs> okay, well, how about I save it for when you come visit me in Boise? My next, my next cross-country drive, uh, I'll make sure that you are in town for. Okay, okay, that works, that works. All right, so back, back to business here. So we'll have a medium low to moderate bitterness. The alcohol will provide some of the balance to that malt. That big malt we're going to have. It's generally multi-rich balance, but can be fairly even with the bitterness. Uh, the complex and varied flavors should blend smoothly and harmoniously. The finish should not be heavy or syrupy. That's a key, too. You don't want to have heavy or syrupy stuff. And John keeps making noise. Are you tapping the table, John? Oh, sorry. I have typing. That's typing? My gosh, I thought an elephant was running through the house. Sorry, my uh, oh, my mic stand got pushed up against the computer, so it's probably just vibrating straight into the mic. Sorry okay. about that. All right, John. So now that we have the flavors, what are we? How's the mouthfeel going to be on this big big beer? Uh, high carbonation, so Danny's going to burp a lot, um, yes. but it's not going to be really sharp and biting like uh, you can have uh, with high carbonation. Uh, so it'll be smooth, uh, but you'll have that noticeable alcohol warmth as it goes down into your gut. The body can range from medium light to medium full. Uh, it'll be creamy. And uh, it says most are medium uh, bodied. So, uh, Wes, how about uh, some classic ingredients? So, uh, ingredients generally are uh, Belgian yeast strains prone to production of higher alcohol esters, or higher alcohols, esters, and sometimes phenols are commonly used. Uh, and impression of a complex grain bill, although many traditional versions are quite simple. Stop hitting enter. Uh, quite simple with caramelized sugar syrup or, uh, sorry, uh, or unrefined sugars and yeast providing much of the complexity. Sazer type, English type, or Syrian Golding's hops commonly used. Spices generally not used. If used, they are kept subtle and in the background. Excellent. All right. Now for some vital statistics. I have the easy section. For IBUs, they typically fall between 20 and 35 IBUs, so fairly low. And alcohol by volume is ranging from 8% to 12% in alcohol. So that's a pretty wide range. Okay, John, I want you to finish this up with some commercial examples of this type of beer. All right. Uh, so you got the Achel uh, Extra Brun, uh, the Boulevard, the Six Glass, glass excuse me, uh, Chimay Grand Reserve, which we'll be tasting momentarily, uh, the Guden Carolus Grand Crew of the Emperor. Yeah, I got to uh, have that I want one. just for that name. Yeah, me too. Uh, that's awesome. <laughs> Uh, Rochefort, uh, 8 and 10, uh, the St. Bernardus, uh, ABT 12, um, and West Flutter in 12. So, okay, so good luck with, good luck with what I, and I want to, I want to hear how many of these have you guys had, which, which ones haven't you had or which ones have you had if it's shorter, whatever the short list. Well, I've had the Chimay, I might have had the Rochefort, I'm checking that now. Those are those are two of my favorites. Um, I love both those beers, the Rocheforts. I haven't logged them, but I feel like I had um, the eight when I was doing judging training. Mm -hmm. um, 
I know I haven't had West Flattern. So. Okay. How about you, Wes? Have, have you had a, a number of these? Yeah, I've had four of them. Um, the Chimay, the Rochefort, uh, I believe the Eight, and the St. Bernardus, and the Westie. Okay. So I have had all except for the Achille Extra Brune and the Guden Carolus Grand Crew of the Emperor. All the other ones I've had. And, uh, and I'll say my favorites are the Chimay. The one we're going to have right now is is a five cap rating for me. So it's one of my favorites. I think it's a five cap, I believe. And uh, I think the Rochefort 8 and 10 are also either five caps or close to five caps. I love both those beers are fantastic. The St. Bernardus is good. I think it comes across to me a little bit strong. Uh, I, you know, I enjoy it, but it's just not as pl- pleasant as the Rochefort or the Chimay. Uh, and I can't remember. I don't ha- I remember my exact tasting on the, the Vesslerine 12, whatever that is. West for I don't know. I can't say it. So yeah, that's it- pretty good. It was a little though. The Westie was a little underwhelming okay. in my my view of things. Okay. Uh, There's a big hype that when we got it here, uh, and it was a compared to some of the others, uh, I, I was a little disappointed with it. Okay. Yeah. So I, I one of the one of the nice things about me going over to uh, Israel is I get to try a lot of European and Belgian beers over there because they're on draft. You know, so I can just go oh, over man. and I can get them right on tap, which is, which is fantastic. And they actually have the proper glassware for every beer you order. It's you, they put it in the right glass, which is kind of cool, uh, just because all the glasses are unique. I don't think it really adds any enhanced flavor or any characteristics to it. It just looks kind of cool that I get to drink out of the glass that they recommend. So, yeah, cool. It's always fun to drink the uh, the beer that uh, has it. Drink the beer from the glass of, that's on the name. Yeah. Wait, no, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, the beer. Drink the beer from the out of the glass uh, with the name on the beer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely it definitely makes you feel like you're doing it right. It just enhances the experience. Yeah, yeah, it's all about the experience. So. Exactly. Okay, well, that is the style notes for the Belgian, the Trappist. Belgian Dark Strong Ale. So I hope that everyone uh, is going to join us for our tasting notes, which we're going to start right now with the Chimay Grand Reserve Ale. And uh, so go get your bottles and open them up because we're going to start this thing right now. So, so fellas, go ahead. And uh, I know that John and I have the 750 milliliter bottle, so we're going to be popping some corks. I'm hoping... That uh, I got yeah, the nose spray all over the laptop. I know. I was I was gonna bring a towel up, and I forgot to bring a towel because. Uh, I'm gonna say I, I have a cap. I get to pop. So okay. you guys, you guys have it rough. Okay, so it'll be fine. Woo! Yeah, that sounded good, that huh? Nice. Yeah, that okay. was good. All right, so let's uh, let's go ahead and pour these bad boys into our glasses. And we've been letting these uh, warm a little bit while we've been talking about the beer style. So I think they recommend drinking this beer. And again, I'm, I'm not very good at, at converting Celsius to Fahrenheit, but they say I think between 10 and 12 degrees Celsius. So There's this thing called Google. Yeah? Does that work? It, 
I have from, a from time to time. I, I use G Unit on my iPhone. That works wonderful. It does all kinds of different. Uh, yeah, it's fifty degrees. Ten degrees Celsius in Fahrenheit. Oh yeah, 50, is fifty degrees. Okay, so about fifty degrees, fifty to fifty to fifty three point six to be exact. That's what they want you to drink this at. Okay, have yeah. you guys? Uh, Mine's only at fifty three point five, so I'm going to give it a, a second here. Yeah, <laughs> Adam, say, do you have your you have your thermometer out, John? No. I think mine is exactly at fifty. I think I did pretty good here. Okay, let's get back to uh, to the show. Okay, so we're doing our our beer tasting segment, and the the beer we're tasting is the Grand Reserve Ale. It's the blue label of the from Chimay, the Chimay Brewery, and this is in uh, this is from the Scourmont Abbey in Belus, Belu, Belgium. I hope I don't know. I'm 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 murdering the name. I'm sure, but it's uh, or Chimay, Belgium. I guess I can call it too. I don't know if Chimay is actually the name of the town or not. Maybe it was the name of the town hundreds of years ago. I don't know. You guys have any history, West? Since this is one of your favorite beers, you have any history on this beer that that you can uh, you know trivia? Uh, it was originally brewed. It was originally brewed as a Christmas beer in 1948. Oh, it's only. Well, it's not old at all. Then 1948. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for that little bit of trivia. That's awesome. So the style is a Trappist Dark Strong Ale, and the alcohol is 9% alcohol by volume. I don't know what the IBUs are because it wasn't listed. Uh, they didn't come out, but I don't think it's uh, all that high. Uh, probably 20. What do you think, John? I, we haven't tasted it yet, but... Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't expect it to be uh, too high. Okay. Probably around there. All right. And, and you know what? You can get this beer in a number of uh, container sizes. So uh, I think Wes is drinking out of a nice little stubby three one-third liter bottle. Uh, yep. Yep. Uh, without the cork. So you had to just pop a, pop a cap. So that's not so... Uh, super simple. Yeah. Uh, John and I, we're going big. We're going 750 uh, milliliters. I... I put I put liters on there. It's supposed to be milliliters, three hundred thirty. Oh yeah, we're going real big. Yeah, we're going real big. <laughs> yeah, we're not doing a seven fifty liters. We're doing a seven fifty milliliters with a nice Cajun corked bottle. Uh, and you heard the nice pops that it makes. Nice nice carbonation in there, so that was cool. They also have a one point five liter Magnum. I've seen those. Uh, man, you got to have a party for those. Wow. Yeah, that's. I'm not drinking all that myself. That's that's a little too much. They have a three liter and a six liter bottle as well. So if you're really having a big party at Christmas time, you want to drink this at Christmas? Hey, go big. Go for the six liter. And that's got to be a spendy bottle because these seven fifties are fifteen bucks. So, uh, yeah. How much did uh, did that uh, third liter cost you? Do you remember, uh, Wes? Um. Well, so Pennsylvania is horrible. Uh, two third liters were uh, sixteen bucks. Woo! Damn. Okay. And so, it, Pennsylvania is awful in the fact when you try to buy beer by the bottle, it you you get owned on uh, price gouging. Okay. Okay. So, have you considered moving? Have you considered moving to a state that's more <laughs> friendly to uh, beer? <laughs> uh, I live. I don't live far from Delaware, uh, so that, that generally. Uh, is where I go usually. Okay. Okay. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. All right. All right. So let's get into the meat of this. So, Wes, how would you describe the color of this beer? 
Uh, it is dark, not golden. Uh, <laughs> it's got a, it's got a nice, pleasant brown. Uh, it's not not black, but it uh, it's definitely brown. Yeah, yep. I will agree with you. I also say I'm going to go general and say it's a brown. It's brown. It's a it's a it's a brown uh, a brown beer. What about you, John? You have anything more artistic to say about the coloring? Yeah, it's brown with some mahogany on the edges. <laughs> No. Of course, I've got you. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's let's move into the uh, the head then. What do we, what, John? Since you were so descriptive on your head on your uh, coloring, what about the head? Uh, so mine was pouring with a huge uh, head on it. It was very forceful coming out of the out of the bottle, um, like two to three inches. Um, but that dissipated probably due to uh, some residue on this glass. That this is the first thing in it tonight. Um, and now it's just a, a thin layer over the beer. Oh, really? Off white, um, mixed, mixed bubbles in there. So, okay. How about you, Wes? You agree with that or you got something a little different? Uh, other than, uh, I have a lot of really tiny bubbles. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Mine's, mine's starting to dissipate out a little bit, but. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I, uh, was similar to to John and Wes, my head went up pretty big uh, and I had to stop pouring and I continued pouring after it died down a little bit, but I am left with a very nice half a finger head on top uh, in the, the outside along the glass is kind of a little bit bigger bubbles, but the uh, center is really dense uh, cream. It's like coffee cream on top It's really dense and it's got a nice little layer of head that's st- staying is staying with the, with the beer, which is fantastic. Now I am using um, kind of a goblet-like glass, um, and it kind of tapers in to uh, in, so it, maybe that helps. And my coloring is, yeah, it's it's kind of uh, it looks like something you get off of a of a uh, cappuccino. It looks kind of like a cappuccino head, actually. But uh, That's a good description. Yeah. yeah, I'd go along with that. Okay, excellent. All right, it's the time we've been waiting for. Let's go ahead. Uh, take a sniff of this beer, and let's describe what we smell. And whoever wants to go first, just jump right in. I actually get a little bit of vanilla um, coming in with the fruit on this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get a little dried dried fruit. Yeah, I get I get a lot of uh, fruity fruity flavors out of it. I don't. I'm trying to pick up the vanilla that John's mentioning, but it might it might well, I'm not be sure exactly if it's vanilla but it's kind of like a almost like a candied yeah um like a date um dates yeah. that's what it is yeah dates. So like i just had this at a wedding uh, <laughs> i just experienced this flavor and it was a date yeah i, I will agree with so. the i'll agree with the dates like candied dates it's got that candied uh date date uh smell so yeah yeah more of a kind of a, a darkish fruit uh, aroma Maybe a little yeah. nutty. It could be, yeah, it could be nuts in there. Could be nutty, just but, but yeah, definitely, definitely fruity and and yeah, candied uh, dates. All right, well, let's see. Yeah, I do get a little bit of uh, alcohol, um, slight burn in the nose if I mm-hmm. inhale too deeply. Yeah. Um, I, and I'm actually building a head as I swirl it to uh, <laughs> um, sniff. I, I now have like a, a quarter inch of head over the beer. Yeah. Um, so you know, you know what, John? I just did the same thing, and it does. It grows the head. Yeah, that's like a choose-your-own-adventure um, head on this thing. 
It's however much you want. I actually wish I, I wish I could rec- I would record this right now because as I'm swirling it around and it, it kind of goes up on the on the on the sidewalls of the glass comes back down, it is building a bigger head. It's kind of amazing. I didn't know a beer could do that. So cool. All right, who wants to take a sip and see what we can taste in this bad boy? I'm gonna take a sip, so so one of the first things that comes across for me is like a toasted marshmallow. Mm. You're absolutely right. That's something that I wouldn't have expected. I think it's fruitier than that. Than a well, I get fruit along with it, but I get just kind of a, a not not a burnt marshmallow, but just a nice uh, light golden, you know, toast yeah. on a marshmallow. Yeah, I'm going to say um, I do get the the kind of the marshmallow thing i get the dates and 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 to me dates and figs can kind of cross over it's kind of a daty figgy fruit fruitiness um good i don't want to spoil our mouthfeel but the mouthfeel is really nice in this beer too yeah i love the uh, the carbonation the little bubbles uh, as you as you sip it i will say that i I don't get super sharp. Oh, wait, I don't want to go. We're going into the body, but let's just do. I'm, I'm going. I'm going ahead because I've, I'm trying to. Anything else? Any other flavors that you can pull out, John? What kind of? Are you getting the dates that you smelled? Or are you getting something different besides the marshmallowy type? Uh, the toastedness. I, it's the toastiness that I. I'm, I'm kind of like you said, toasted marshmallows. Kind of reminds me of this. Uh, yeah, the the that dark fruit date kind of character is, is still there um, behind it. And that toasted marshmallow is also kind of a, a just a carameliness, but it's, yeah. it's not super sweet like you associate with the caramel. And I think that's kind of where that toasted marshmallow part comes in. It, it, it kind of takes the edge off, but it's still giving you that sweetness. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I'm enjoying this. So I've, I've just been drinking while you guys have been talking. It's been nice. Yeah, so so Wes, any, anything else on the the initial flavor burst? Um, I'm, I'm I don't I'm not sure about the uh, the toasted marshmallow, but definitely some some, some dried fruit and uh, maybe a little like brown sugar or uh, along, along those lines, which probably could be. I don't know. I haven't had a toasted marshmallow in years, so that's maybe what you guys are describing. Yeah, there there could be some crossover there. Yeah, it could. I think it could come across like you said maybe a toffee or a or a brown sugary type of uh, flavor um okay so n- now let's go into the body we kind of mentioned already that we we have that carbonation we also have a, a you know the mouthfeel is very viscous very heavy uh thick uh you know it has a nice body to it if you're drinking this beer it feels like you're drinking you know something definitely heavy what else you guys can ex- describe on the on the body? Yeah, I'm already burping a little bit um, from this, but uh, yeah, definitely higher uh, carbonation, and I think that it makes this easier to drink because yeah. it definitely is For a sure. viscous body, and if it had uh, lower carb, it, it could just feel like you're drinking like oil or something, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, um, but. Uh, yeah, I I do um, get a little alcohol in the in the back. Um, yeah, but um, it's not overbearing or anything like that. Uh, but it's, I don't I don't 
consider it rose-like either. Um. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I don't. I, I also get a little bit of that alcohol um, ness in the in the back of my tongue. Uh, but it, what's nice about it is it, it's not uh, it's not sharp and it's not uh, you know overpowering. It's I mean it's a nine percent beer, but really you get a sense. Doesn't, doesn't drink like a nine. Yeah, it doesn't drink like it. You get a sense that there's alcohol in there, but you don't feel like it's you know it's it's gonna knock you on your butt. I, I mean I I'm already halfway through my glass, and I'm starting to burp. So if I do burp, I apologize to our listeners because. I am a little sensitive to uh, carbonation, but um, but yeah, I do sense that there is a little bit of alcohol in there, but it's not uh, distracting me from the enjoyment uh, of the of the whole beer, which is pretty much. I, I I agree with you, John, that the carbonation is the nice factor that it, it's it's kind of keeping it where it's not you know it is a thicker beer and it's not uh, making it like cough syrup or something that's hard to. to to get through it makes it very easy to drink and enjoy um because of that carbonation like with yeah uh, with 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 it away uh and gets you uh, ready to drink some more yeah i agree all right so the last thing on our anything else you guys want about the body before we go to the finish or we can just go right into the finish if you guys want to all right let's go to the finish uh, yeah i'm good with the finish <laughs> I'd say it's uh, for as like thick and all the fruit. It actually finishes pretty dry. Um, you know, it doesn't leave that cloying character in your mouth that makes you actually want to keep drinking it. So, yeah, there's it actually. I think it finishes pretty clean. Like you said, it doesn't leave for as thick as it is. It doesn't leave a lot in there to 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 stick around and. And you know, hang out for a while. It actually clears up from in my palate. It clears up pretty quick. Um, it yeah, does, it is kind of here. it is dry. It is it does come across dry, even though you do have all that you know kind of fruit, dried fruit uh, aroma and flavor in the front. You would think it might come across more sweet, but it it does finish off really nice. Yeah, I think it's that that carbonation level. Hmm. Yeah, definitely helps. Yeah, it's it's um I'm going with what Wes was saying, the kind of the wispiness. It's kind of like it's a it's like the carbonation makes it feel like it's it's a, a cloud. Like you're drinking a cloud of beer. You know, it's it's it really is kind of fluffy. Uh I kind of like that. I that's a weird description, but it just I don't know, it's 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 a heavier beer, but it's it's not heavy like weighing me down, it's got that fluffiness, that wispiness, that cloud-like characteristic that makes it fun. Like like, like eating cotton candy, right? It's like you're eating something and it's <laughs> it's it's physical, but uh, but also it's it's uh, you know it disappears really quick because when you put your tongue to cotton candy, it instantly become you know goes from uh, something there to something that's not there. It's kind of the same thing. It, I don't know. It's hard to describe, but that's what I kind of. That's my best bet for the. Finish. You have the magic disappearing beer too. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now it's time to 
try to decide whether or not we would recommend this beer to people that are new to craft beer. So, Wes. I, uh, well, so this was uh, really my entry into craft beer was this beer. Really? Uh, yeah. Uh, and so I would definitely recommend it for new new people. And I've recommended it. This and uh, Triple Carmelat are my uh, two big recommendations if you want to go try a Belgian beer. For sure. I'll agree with that for sure. What about you, John? Yeah. You you uh, you think this is is good? I mean, we have a we have a uh, you know someone that that was converted to craft beer by this beer. Do you think others would be uh, enjoy this? I think there's an exception to every rule, so no. Um, <laughs> I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend this, but uh, I, I suppose it would depend on where they're coming from. Um, you know, if they're coming from, uh, you know. Bud Light, that kind of thing. I probably wouldn't go this route, mm-hmm. but I, I could see this as an entry. Um, you know, maybe from somebody from the wine, yeah, world, yeah, that wants to get into one, it. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, I, I don't think I would. You know, pick this up to to try to get somebody in right away. Okay, but you never know. You could strike gold like Wes. You could, you could. Now, Wes, what were you drinking? Before you got to this beer, were you drinking mixed alcohol drinks, cocktails, or were you drinking cheaper domestic uh, beer, and then you tried uh, this? And we'll, you we'll go to che- cheaper domestic borderline craft beer stuff. Not not quite to the levels of uh, uh, Bud Light and Natty Light. Okay. Such, uh, it's a bit of a, a middle ground between... Uh, that and craft beer. Okay, uh, okay. so you, so you came from a beer background, not from uh, cocktails or wine or anything. Okay, all right. I, um, I I'm I'm uh, troubled. I'm troubled because I agree with both of you guys. Uh, you know, just because it's election season doesn't mean you have to pander <laughs> to us like that. It's this is this is one of those ones that is very tough for me to say. Um, that yeah, that that new people would enjoy. I, it's hard to say. It depends on their palates and what they enjoy drinking, even outside of of beer, right? If they just you know what they like drinking as in sodas or fruit juices or whatever. Like everyone has things like they, pop. yeah, like pop. <laughs> everyone has their, um, you know, the, the things they like and dislike. And I think again, this beer, even though it's fairly easy to drink. It can definitely be for some people and not for others. And I'm going to have to probably lean with John that this would not be the beer that I would try to introduce people into craft beer with just because I I think there's other beers that are, would be better. So I would wait until they got more uh, accustomed to the flavors of craft beer. And But I would definitely say if they uh, – any Belgian – style beer I would introduce someone to would be a Trappist Ale. I think they are the the best uh, f- best beers. The flavors are so, everything is so done just so well that I think that uh, that Trappist beers are good for uh, for people in- introducing into Belgian ales. I would even say that uh, you know some of the, the lighter Trappist ales uh, might be good for you know, for newbies, but this one, I agree with John that that no, I I couldn't recommend this to a new person, despite 
the fact that uh, that West right. was was converted. <laughs> I, I will say that it was my brother-in-law took me out for my birthday, and we went to the Winking Lizard and chose the highest alcohol beer off the menu. Uh, okay. At the time, that happened to be the Chimay. Okay. So, okay. So you went. I didn't intentionally choose it, but it it uh, has turned into a a beer that I enjoy. Okay. Okay. So you actually don't remember that night. Uh, you just know this was one of the beers that you had, and you had a good time. So it was the. <laughs> no, I remember the night pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, there we go. We have uh, two. Two nays and one yay for new new beer drinkers. So you guys make the choice out there. But I'm, I'm the guest, so I don't really count. Is that how this works? Pretty much, yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. How about Wes? What is what would you say would be recommended glassware uh, for drinking this beer? Is there anything that that you think does a better job uh, at getting the characteristics across to a person? Well, so I am currently drinking it out of my official Chimay goblet. Ah. Uh, so I would have to go with that one. Okay. Uh, but I think you could probably, uh, something with a, uh, a wider mouth that you can get the, the aromatics from those bubbles. Okay. Okay. How about you, John? What do you say? Same thing? The Chimay glass? Uh, yeah, I don't have a Chimay glass. Um, but I, I'd go like a tulip be nice for this yeah. um tulip goblet i think both of those would be would be good yeah i agree i agree a tulip or a goblet um i'm drinking it out of my new belgium goblet it's not this type that's like the, the chamay one where it's straight up and wide mouth this one is more of a kind of a globe but kind of it's not like a like a snifter it's a little bit it's it's got a bigger wider opening at the top but it's a, it's a great glass for drinking any kind of aromatic beer i really like it and so i try to drink all my saisons and and uh belgian ales out of it because i think it does a good job so yeah i think the tulip or gallop is is a good choice all right so now it's time for our rating system and wes you've been with us for, since day one so you know that our rating system is kind of weird and uh so but you have it written here in front of you so how would you rate this beer uh, if you were to uh, to give us a rating on the Tap to Craft rating scale? So, just a clarif- point of clarification. Does each higher rating mean that plus the rating below it? No one's ever gotten that technical. <laughs> yeah, you're reading, you're reading <laughs> so it too, too much. <laughs> I, I love this beer, um, but I don't, I couldn't drink it daily. I have to be in a Belgian beer mood to drink this beer. Yeah. Uh, so that's where I come to a crossroads. Okay, so the answer to your question is no. Each one is independent. And what it means is the daily drinker worthy is means that it's not something that you would go out and tell everyone that they must go and try, but it's something that you enjoy enough that you drink it every day. That's what daily drinkers like. You know, like, it's like session lager. Uh, you know, I can drink that every day or, um, you know, there's a lot of different ones I can drink as a daily drinker, but it's not one that I would say that everyone has to go try. It's it's something that I, I enjoy and, and I, it's good enough for me to drink every day. The memorable being tell all your friends to try it is, again, 
It's not the best beer in the world, but it's one that you rec- you think that your friends would enjoy. And then the highly recommended is that, hey, this beer is the one beer you must try before you die type thing, right? It's, right. it's, a, it's going up and saying, hey, you, you have to try this. It's really good. Got it. Okay. I, all right. I'm going to have to go with memorable. Just gonna, just memorable, huh? I'm surprised. I thought you'd go highly recommended. Yeah, well, so I would say something like uh, Goose Island Bourbon County Coffee would be highly, is my pinnacle. Okay. Um, and, you know, I, I wouldn't put this quite as high as that. Um, but it's still damn good, and it's, it's a beer that I... I enjoy, but you know, at the same time, I have to, it's not something I could just randomly grab off the shelf and drink. I have to, I have to be in the mood for a Belgian. So this, and then like a Belgian triple, um, it's, they're just, uh, they're stronger flavored in some areas. And so I, uh, I just have to be in the mood for it. Okay. So. Okay. How about you, John? Is this a beer you have to be in the mood for, or is this one that? I don't know. I'm whenever I'm in the mood for a beer. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think I would also go, uh, memorable, mm-hmm. um, but pushing more towards the, uh, I'd bring it up unprovoked. So maybe like bordering on the highly recommended, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, it's just really nice, good drinking beer. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I'd, I'd say upper end of memorable, I suppose, even though that's not a real thing either. No, no. That's what I was going to say. For me, it's between memorable and highly recommended because I do enjoy this beer. I think it's fantastic. But I'll be honest with you, I think the Rochefort <laughs> 10, 8 and 10 are, be- are better in my, in my book. I, I really love those beers. And, I, and so those would be the ones I'd probably put in the highly recommended. If you haven't tried those, go try those. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna go memorable also. So we're we're unanimous that this is a memorable beer. Go out and tell all your friends to try it. That's what this beer is. I think we can agree with that. Everyone should try it. Yeah. So uh Danny, I'm curious. Mm-hmm. Um and Wes, I don't know if you have this information. Uh, but for the corked bottles that says your vintage is on your cork. Yep. So I'm curious what your vintage is. Two fifteen. Twenty fifteen. Okay, that's the same for me. Bottle. Yeah, there's they don't put anything on the bottle. Just a cork is the only thing I could find a, a date stamp on. Yeah. His his is capped, which is why I didn't know if he would have oh, it or yeah. not. Um Yeah, yeah it might no, be unfortunately I don't have there's no date at all, huh? Nothing on yours. Yeah, two thousand fifteen. The sad part is I'm pretty sure I have a corked bottle in the fridge in my mom's house in Cleveland. From That's... probably twenty two thousand eight. Ooh. Uh, so that could be tasty. I'm going to have to grab that at Christmas time. So you just brought up a, a good point that we didn't mention. And because we don't have any malts, hops, or food pairings, <laughs> for cheese, I guess, is a good food pairing uh, with the beer. Uh, but one thing to mention is this is an awesome beer to cellar and to let it uh, mature because it is not pasteurized and it is meant to be... To, to get better as it ages and, and, and change the characteristics. So it's bottle conditioned and it's going to change. So you know what, Wes, you have a, you might have a, 
a, a, a gem of a beer in your mom's yeah. fridge for aging for seven years or eight years. Um, the, and then um, John and I have, I don't know if we've done it or if we looked into brewing a beer based on the yeast cultured from the bottle. Did we do that? No, we haven't executed on that. All right, so. we just talked about it. Okay, never mind. Wait a minute. You guys can collect enough yeast from the bottles to actually brew a beer? Uh, you could you could grow it up from a single bottle of really? anything that's bottle conditioned. Um, the only thing is you have to be careful because not every beer that's bottle conditioned is bottle conditioned with, with the, yeast the yeast that ferments the that's beer. That's true, yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of times it'll be like a champagne yeast or something like that. Um, so you got to know what you're getting um, in, in the... In the beer. Okay. But. Now, do you know offhand, is this one of the Belgian Trappist beers that they actually, do they put sugar in this beer to bring up the alcohol or not? I mean, I guess all Belgians I, put like a candied sugar or whatever, right? They have some kind of Belgian. Yeah, it's, a, it's in a syrup form. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, I couldn't tell you offhand. Okay. I don't know. Okay. Okay. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either. Um, okay. All right. Anything else we want to talk about this before we move on? No? No? Last last chance, Wes. Nothing, nothing else? Yeah, I'm okay. Okay. No Just problem. My beer. All right. Well, I've got a half a bottle left to drink. I finished the first glass, and I'm going to be sipping on the rest because if I don't, then uh, we won't finish this podcast without me slurring like a little baby. So, I mean, it's not the first time. No, no, it's not the first time. And if you guys listen to the outtakes, yeah, you'll see that it uh, doesn't take much for me to get uh, tongue-tied. All right, well, guess what? We have a Check It Out segment. And because, yeah, I'm not sure when the last time we did yeah, this is. <laughs> yeah, it's it comes rarely. We don't have it all the time, but we do have one. And this was brought to us by our buddy John, and it is the craft beer advent calendar box, or I guess it's a, it's a box. And I kind of wrote some notes down. It said, John, since this is your baby, why don't you talk about this advent calendar box beer box? Yeah, so I mean, I've talked about my advent calendars over the last, uh, well, I guess since we've done the done the show, uh, and I even mentioned it earlier. We're getting to that time where uh, I might be uh, finding something on mm-hmm. on December first when I wake up. Um, but uh, yeah, this box uh, it, it's a little pricey. Uh, it's twenty bucks just for the box, um, but it, it looks really nice. It got it has perforations for each of the days. Got them all numbered. Has some nice, like, classic artwork on the side, um, and uh, it it'll hold your twenty-four beers. Uh, one for each each day. Uh, each you know little cubby, I guess, can can hold a twelve-ounce bottle or um, like a twelve to sixteen-ounce can mm-hmm. in there. Um, it gives a nice presentation. Um, you know, my my advent beer calendars in the in the past have either been a uh, couple boxes of um, bottles in brown paper bags. Mm-hmm. Uh, or uh, last year I had to make my own um, box, uh, two boxes really of me carving the tops out and then like taping each one shut mm-hmm. uh, so that Kristen could put stuff in there. 
and then I could open them individually, you know, uh, which was a pain in the butt. Um, but this thing is uh, put together real nice. And, you know, I think if you were even careful about opening up the tops, you could refasten them um, without too much difficulty and reuse this thing because the top and bottom just lift up off each other to, yeah. you know, fill it. Um, but yeah, that's a cool thing to, to check out. Um, and, uh, if you want to take a look, I'm sure we'll have a link in the show notes, but, uh, craft advent box.com. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I, I agree. It seems like it's expensive at $20, but you know what, John, there were Kickstarters that I've seen in the last year or so that they were doing the same thing, making it a box where you just buy the the advent box and they were wanting to charge you $40 for a box with no beer in it, right? $40 for an advent box. So this is half the price and you can use it for multiple years. Sure. The first year you'll end up uh, breaking each of the perforated uh, doors, you know, you'll have them cracked open, but there's no reason why you can't tape them shut for the next year, at least get two years out of it. That means it's $10 a year. I think that's well worth it for ease of use because, you know, you had to spend some time building your own craft box. And if, if you wanted, if you want your loved one to go out and fill this for you, why not provide them with a box that makes it easy for them to just buy the beer and put it in there and, and you enjoy it. So, Hey, yeah. And and they do actually donate a portion of the proceeds to, to charity when you buy it. So um, I'm not sure who they're affiliated with, but um, that is another piece of it. Okay. Uh, so. All right. Excellent. Might have to get this box for my wife. Yeah. Yeah. I might have to get one for my wife, too, to fill up. <laughs> the, pro- <laughs> the problem is, is that she'll probably fill with beers I've already had, which is okay. But uh, she's notorious for, for buying me beers, expensive beers that I've, already have in my cellar or <laughs> or I already, that's the reason why I have two dissidents and two abyss left is because she bought me one of each of those uh you know f- uh, for Easter I think for my bas- my my Easter beer basket this year and I'm like oh, oh man, man. she she spent them great idea. yeah I need, uh, I need to start training my wife these things <laughs> yeah yeah she needs to talk to our wives get hooked up yeah, I, I need to work on the Easter thing. I've got I've got Christmas season locked down, but I need to work on Easter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotta get it, you know, twice a year. Get it good. All right. You know what? Um, I forgot about one uh, Facebook article that was posted by our buddy Chris McKenzie on our Facebook page, and I don't know if you guys saw it. I'm I'm sure you probably did, but Draft Magazine put out a the best twenty five. Five beers of 2016. Have you guys seen that article? Uh, yes, um, I have to refresh myself on the list. Well, well don't don't worry about the list because you probably didn't have any of the beers. And uh, I'm not gonna. All I wanted to say was I don't like these, you know, top number whatever, you know, top 15, top 10, top these beer lists. For the most part, I think they suck. I think they suck because it's all opinionated and, and, you know, and this one, especially I want you to everyone out there, go to our Facebook page and check out the link to the draft magazines, top 25 beers of 2016. And you tell me if you don't think that this article is paid advertising for these beers, because for one thing, the only 
out of 25 beers. Now, John, you know that you and I... Are they all, are they all AB InBev? No. <laughs> no. No, they're not all AB InBev, but they're all beers that are not readily available around the nation, right? So you have to... They're, they're really small. I mean, they're, they're small distributed, you know, beers. There's Of the 25 beers on that list, there's only one that I've even seen in my area, that's even available in my area. That beer just became available this week. Now, I saw that it was released in the end of August is when it was actually, I think, officially released or, or was end of August. So this this article is telling people that this beer, which is the, the it's a collaboration, it's a Conflux number two, uh, co- collaboration from the Schutz Brewery and uh, Hair of the Dog Brewery in Portland, and this beer is a like a 12-ounce bottle of beer, or maybe a 16-ounce bottle of beer, for $25, for one thing. And it was just released, yet they're saying it's the best beer, one of the best beers of 2016. I, to me, it seems ridiculous. How can they, you know, they, they barely even had time to to get a bottle of it, let alone rate it as the, one of the best beers. So to me, it seems like it's kind of, this whole thing is kind of a... I mean, there's some interesting beers on this. I'm flipping fl- to the list right now, and there's some interesting yeah. beers here. But... Yeah, I have access or have had three of them. Really? Um, yeah. The, but, you know, I, I don't have a problem. I know the... I mean, beer as a whole is super subjective of anything yeah. you might like. I, I don't really have a problem with these. I, I doubt this is actually paid advertising, um, I, I, would, I would say. But, uh, you know... At worst, somebody's introduced something they might like, right? I mean, the, the worst that can come out of it. So, is it, but but are uh, they are they are they getting hype for beers that you can't get, right? Are they making hype like they do for other things? All of a sudden, these beers are going to be the ones that are are hyped up, and everyone's going to be standing in line and selling them for three dollars a bottle. Or I mean, I don't know. I just seems, it just seems odd. Uh, I've had a lot of beers this year. You know, John, you've 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 witnessed that we've had a lot of beers. I've had a lot of fantastic beers that you know that nobody probably has even had or is even on these lists, but they're still fantastic beers. And I just find it funny that they come up with these obscure beers that yeah, they may be great, but man, there's another thousand beers that are just as good, you know, that that didn't make the cut. Maybe I'm just feeling jaded. That they're they're all the beers, you know, twenty five beers. Only one of them made it to my area. I feel jaded. <laughs> yeah, maybe you're just you're just salty that you don't get them. Yeah, that's all. Yeah. <laughs> but if they're all well, then if, Denny, why don't you put together a list of your top twenty five beers of twenty sixteen? You know what, Wes? That is a great idea, and it would be easy for me to do. For the uh, uh, end of the year episode. Okay. Yes. Together, your your top twenty five beer list. Top 10. Top 10. Top 10? Okay. Yeah. Okay, so John, for the end of the year show, we're going to do each of us our top 10 beers of 2016. Great. Okay, so write that down for our show, uh, future shows. <laughs> yeah. And and thank you, Wes. That's, his, that's an awesome idea. And uh, John and I, we will give you a real look at the uh, craft beer enthusiasts look at the the best beers that John and I have had in 2016. Now, and I'm already at 450 new ones for this year. So <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, like, 
uh, you know, not including, you know, vintages of things I've already logged that I'm drinking that I would still put up there is like really nice stuff. Well, so. you got what a, a month and a half before you have to uh, give give yeah, the list. Yeah, start start whittling it down. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be tough because I've because if John had that many, I had probably almost as many. Since yeah, so that's uh, yeah, that's a lot. You're up there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So all right, I got I got to ask: Is there a wager on if uh, John can get to the uh, can can get? Can meet you or surpass you in unique beers on Untapped? No, no, because because no. I'm not actually playing. I'm just continuing my normal my normal thing. He's just trying to catch yeah, up to me. <laughs> it's it's more a show of strength on my end, you know. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One so. one of us is going to run out of money. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> okay. Yeah, the winner is actually the loser. That's yeah, like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's true. Okay, guys. Well, hey, you know what? We are getting close to the two-hour mark, so let's go ahead and wrap this show up. Um, but before we do that, let's go ahead and just uh, – we have an opportunity to raise our glass to people we want to raise our glass to. And, Wes, how about you? Do you have anyone you want to raise up a glass and toast to this week? Uh, just you guys uh, – well, mainly you guys for uh, um, allowing me to – to come back and uh, be a guest uh, second time on the show, uh, including my potential technical issues. Uh, <laughs> no problem. No problem. You're and up. then uh, I also want to plug um, a local Pennsylvania um, youth camp, uh, Camp Can Do, uh, is a children's oncology camp in the state of Pennsylvania mm. and they do uh, a week long camp for, uh, for kids that have uh, are currently in treatment or have uh, survived uh, cancer so it's, uh, it's a great little uh, camp for them and uh, gets, them, gets them away from society and in a, uh, a friendly group where it is uh, they're surrounded by People of similar age that have been going through something similar or uh, the same thing. And, uh, it's, a, it's a good thing to support. So, uh, yeah, there's that. So that's, that's all uh, I have to say. Thank all you right. Guys. All right. Cheers to Camp Can Do. I like that. Yeah. All right, John, how about you? Who do you want to raise your glass to? Well, oh, thank Wes for, for jumping in here, inviting himself on the podcast. Um <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then, uh, you know, last year I made a much bigger deal out of this and I was talking about it for a couple months leading up to the event. Uh, this year, um, although I, I joined and raised a little bit of money, I, I have a little on the edge of uh, my gaming time. But uh, Extra Life, uh, the official day was yesterday uh, as we're recording this, is uh, November 5th. And the Good for Gaming team that I've been a part of is uh, these last couple of years uh, at last check, I uh, had raised a little over $8,600 uh, for various Children's Miracle Network hospitals, and they were ranked uh, 63rd out of uh, over 5,400 uh, teams. Hmm. So um, I'm still going to be uh, doing some gaming time. I'm not going to be getting the, uh, the full 24-hour 
in a row marathon going, but I'll, I'm going to try to get a total of 24 hours over split up over, uh, some, you know, days here, probably four or five days. <laughs> but wait, four um, or five days. Wait, what happened? John? Yeah. What our, happened? uh, our life has just become crazy this year and a whole bunch of stuff already on the calendar. Um, that I can't get out of. So yeah, it is. It is. Um, (laughs) but the important thing is, uh, that it's helping kids. So, uh, y'all can go screw yourselves. Um, but, uh, if, uh, you're out there and you've maybe heard about this or want to, uh, help out, um, if you want to help out somebody on the good for gaming team, uh, you can check out tiny.cc slash G four G. Um, and uh, check out the team and maybe find somebody in your area to donate that might be supporting a hospital near you. Yes, so. for sure. Yeah, it's great. Uh, John's team supports uh, Seattle Children's Network. So, yeah, I, I I am raising money for Seattle Children's. Uh, everybody is doing money for uh, their own. You, you Each individual gets to pick their own uh, hospital, though. So uh, we probably have pretty good coverage across uh, the U.S., Excellent. Um, yeah. So how about you, Denny? All right. Of course, I I have to raise my glass to you, Wes. Thank you for joining us again. And uh, it's I know that you are a fan of this uh, Chimay, you know, blue beer. So we had to have you on to talk about it. We w- couldn't do the tasting notes without you because you're our resident expert on it. I think so. Everyone's going to be looking to you uh, for their tasting notes. So thank you for helping us with that. And uh, also want to raise my glass to our buddy Robert at Chew Your Beer on Twitter. He was uh, showcased on the 40Cast this uh, last week. Not the show just released this week, but uh, 2000 or 2000 episode three, 304. He did a Community Minute segment, and he described his five favorite fall beers. And uh, I thought he did a fantastic job. And I just want to raise my glass to you, Robert. And if you want to do something like that for us, feel free to send us an audio clip of whatever you want to talk about. Whether it's your, I I wouldn't do the five favorite fall beers. How about your uh, your five favorite winter beers? That would be better since we're getting into winter season. So think about that and send us a clip. We'll we'll showcase it on our show because you did a fantastic job. So cheers to that. And also, Yeah. yeah, of course, of course. And also, um, you know, just I always got to mention, uh, raise my glass to all the servicemen and women out there serving our country and protecting our freedoms. I just want to thank you for your service, and I want you to return home safely to your families soon. And, of course, you can find the beers and the links to the articles. And, of course, we'll have a link to John's Extra Life Good for Gaming page and Wes's Camp Can Do page, so you guys can find that if you want to check them out. But you can find it on our show notes, and that's located on our show post at openforumradio.com. And if you'd like to follow us on social media, I can be followed on Twitter, Instagram, and Untapped at Loose Screw. And John, how can our listeners follow you? Uh, untapped. Uh, our Twitter at Prime Brewing, Untapped, Prime WA. And uh, I actually have been picking up a lot of little toys and things to play with for homebrewing so if i actually have time i'll hopefully write about that on homebrewengineer.com okay so go check out homebrewengineer.com 
All right, it is last call. It's time to bring the show to a close. We want to thank you for downloading and listening to the show. We also want to thank Wes for joining us, and thank you, Wes. Have a great night. I hope we didn't get you too drunk. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's near eleven thirty here. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're you're a trooper. Thank you, thank you for uh, for jumping in with us. Uh, you know, trying. Thanks for having. Me. Yeah, trying to trying to arrange a Pacific. A mountain and an East Coast time uh, recording is is difficult. So you were the one that got the raw end of the deal, but uh, yeah, especially being on daylight savings, so it yeah. actually feels even later. <laughs> so. I I had a cup of coffee around eight o'clock so that I could stay awake for this. So. <laughs> okay, good job, good job. All right, well, we just want to ask everyone out there to please tell a friend about our show, and of course. Subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher Radio or TuneIn Radio and also Google Play or however you listen to your podcast. And reminder, we release a new show every two weeks. Now go out there and spread the good word of craft beer. Cheers. So that I can still drink. Do I sound okay? Yeah, you sound great. All right, cool. How's the traffic looking? <laughs> Coming you Do from the sky. <laughs> we'll get our eyes in the sky. <laughs> yeah, Wes, are you recording? Yes, sir. Oh, okay. you're awesome. No, I'm not. Okay. Oh, okay. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not that advanced with what is going on now. Okay. Okay. So I remember from last time, if I remember correctly, you're a giggler, Wes. So try to keep the giggles down. I will have <laughs> uh, The advantage now is that I don't have John to stare at me. So uh, so that's helpful. Okay. Well, now you, you can also mute yourself without also muting me. So you got that going for you, too. And this week, we are going to... I just <laughs> maybe I okay. Nope, no, we're not. <laughs> I'm just waiting with anticipation. Yes, me too. On the edge of my seat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're gonna get a, a real glimpse of how this really goes when Denny has some high octane beers. Uh, I <laughs> should, yeah, I, sh- I shouldn't have drank so many of these. Uh, I'm currently in the midst of do I open another beer before the Chimay or do I just hold off? I'll hold off. I don't want you to. I don't want you to lose it. He's only got a three thirty. He's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He's got a small one. Okay, let me start over here. <laughs> it's not quite the Chimay open. What the hell? Why is my freaking thing keep beeping? We're gonna have beeps in my in a recording because I think he's beeping and I don't know. I'm not hearing it. No, it's on I'm my hearing. end. Are you hearing it, John? I'm hearing it. Yeah. I I don't know what's beeping. It sounds like you're getting Google messages. Like that's the beep it sounds like to yeah, me. Yeah, it's a message, but it, I I don't gosh, I feel like an idiot. I don't know how to use this damn <laughs> How do you acknowledge Oh, technology. Yeah. Sorry, sorry Wes, you got to can... see me like this. <laughs> 
Oh, it's fine. You can turn off notifications in the settings. I don't know if that'll stop the beeping or not, but I like to just chuck the phone across the room when it's not cooperating. That's my solution. Okay, okay. I I got uh, notifications turned off now. <laughs>